Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people with the power of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. One time, my friend Bill told me a story about a small rural church in Mississippi where the congregation would often hear fire and brimstone sermons. Their preacher decided one day he was going to preach a multiple sermon series all about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Once the series started, the preacher began talking about weeping and gnashing of teeth. When a churchgoer interrupted, excuse me, sir, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Yes, replied the pastor. Well, it's just this. My cousin's had a string of really bad luck, and you know what? He don't have no teeth anymore. What then? What if there are no teeth to gnash? (laughs) Well, son, said the preacher, if he doesn't have any teeth, if other people don't have any teeth, teeth will be provided. (laughs) But seriously, There are so many extremes today. The in-crowd, the out-crowd, weeds and wheat, evil and righteous things, things that shine, things that burn. Jesus is a master at teaching stories through parables. But the layers of parables go deep. To begin, think about this. When I was a kid, I decided one summer that I was going to grow a garden. That year, I decided I would plant cucumbers next to a cyclone fence. You know, one of those wiry fences that might easily serve as a trellis for cucumber vines. I planted diligently. I watered the soil regularly. I waited. The plants all began to grow, and the cucumber vine did exactly what it was supposed to do. But a few weeks later, I noticed something was terribly wrong. The cucumbers on the vine did not look like cucumbers at all. And even worse, more than half of the vine didn't have anything on it at all. It was so weird. So... I decided to consult my garden expert, my grandmother. The next time she visited, I walked her out to the garden and said, what is this? And she laughed and smiled and said, those aren't cucumbers at all. They're pumpkins. (laughs) And I said, what? Yeah, she said, they're pumpkins. I have no idea why they're pumpkins, but they are. And I thought, I don't like pumpkins. Maybe I should tear the vines out. Look, part of the vine, it's it's over there. It's not even growing anyway. No, 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 she said. This stuff will most likely turn out fine. You're not going to have cucumbers this year, and that's all right. But you're going to have some very healthy pumpkins. And won't it be great to be able to pick them when they're ready and give them to your neighbors? Well, yeah, okay, I said. And she continued by telling me, keep all of the vine, will you? Don't go messing in the garden and tearing out part of it. Just tend the soil, water all the plants, nurture your garden, 
it's going to turn out it's going to turn out all right if you pay attention if you care for the plants if you keep focused on growing good plants that was a valuable lesson to me and one at the bare minimum this parable might just be telling us pay attention to the field even if things aren't going correctly stay focused but that's literally only the surface of this. Parables tell us a lot more. Jesus teaches us in parables so that we can continue to reflect in our own lives how this stuff hits us now. His proclamation, his claim that he keeps making to us is that the kingdom of God is near and that we are to seek the things of God first. And this parable gives us a little clue how we might do this. Parables are meant for us to take up the status quo and literally turn it upside down. Whether that be the status quo of our society or the status quo of ourselves. If we do this and examine these things on a deeper level, God is going to interact at all levels of these situations in our lives, and something is going to change. But I go back to the weeping and gnashing of teeth. The image I get from this phrase is one of anguish, of desperation, of being totally depraved or incapable of any good happening to ourselves in the world. The more we're trying to control things, the more we either mess them up or we just fail. You might be feeling this. We live in a world where the wheat and the weeds are oftentimes indistinguishable. For example, we've done everything that our technological abilities have allowed us to do to keep the skies safe. But this week, another airplane disappears from the skies, shot down. We've tried to beef up our own personal security and our own national security and safety without regard for other human beings and their lives of poverty. Recently, we've seen children as young as five years old escaping the slavery of the drug trade and its gangs in Central America, stowing away on trains to the U.S. And when they get here, they're captured. They're kept in a custody so tight with security, they don't have access to other groups that can bring them aid or basic humanitarian relief. They're kept in cages. A local article said that the Chihuahuas at the Scottsdale Animal Shelter are leading better lives than these children. And in the land of the Holy One, where the Prince of Peace lived, we see people taking up arms to annihilate one another. We also see in our own midst bitter political fights, hatred really, greed being valued while poverty increases, incarceration rates in our state prisons that are at an all-time high, and people still kept from marrying those whom they love. Where, my brothers and sisters, 
is our hope. Our sense of brokenness as citizens of Arizona or of the U.S. or even the world, we've got a sense that no matter how hard we try, we're almost slaves to this persistent, ongoing destruction. This persistent self-destruction. This persistence of weeds. Evil. Lurking in our community. Maybe in ourselves. In all kinds of situations. This isn't fun. We become numb. Afraid. But that's where Jesus comes in. That's where a love that literally surpasses our understanding literally saves us. As Paul writes to the church in Rome today, he says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. Adoption. God adopts us as God's own through Jesus. Big deal, right? I mean, what the heck does this matter anyway? Well, it actually means this. That word that we translate adoption in our reading actually means that God relates to us, that God sees us, that God is actually present with us in the exact same way that God sees Jesus. We are seen through this adoption as beloved children of God, as God's very own, as children of God, not theoretically, but in every essence of our being. We belong to God through Jesus. And if God sees us this way, if God sees us this way and we accept that God sees us this way, imagine who we might actually be able to be. Imagine if God takes away our weeping and empowers us to be children of God, walking through the dark places of our own collective psyche, through the dark places of our society, through the weeds and the wheat and the messiness of the world, and God finds us and says, you are mine. Then what do we do? I think we can go back to the parable today, the teaching. What do we do? Live life. Live life with open hearts and generosity of spirit to claim our adoption, to set our course on spiritual practices where we can fully realize the Old Testament prophet Micah's prophecy to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. As we were told last week in the sermon by Myra, this isn't about who is in, and who is out. That's not up to us to decide. We're called into life with Jesus, with God as God's very own, 
taking up our responsibilities to love God with all our heart, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. To keep our eyes focused on acting like God's adopted children and bringing that very heart of God, that heart that is present in us, bringing that heart of God into a world that needs your light and your love. So nurture your garden, water your field. Even if life gives you pumpkins instead of cucumbers, you belong to God. Live generously and abundantly out of that. Love God fully and your neighbor as yourself. God will sort out the rest. <laughs>